Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph. Get Physical Rx. And by Dr. Krista Reyes. Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Late Hits ESPN 97.5. Patrick Creighton with you. 713-780-3776. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, we'll give away another four-pack to the Roughnecks in about 10 minutes. So approximately 10 minutes, we'll do another giveaway uh, for the Roughnecks. And I'll tell you, you know, the last iteration of the XFL, which unfortunately was doomed by COVID, the Roughnecks were 5-0. and And they weren't 5-0 and in a manner that everyone expected them to be because they weren't picked to be the best team. Uh, In fact, when the rosters were all announced, their starting quarterback was expected to be Connor Cook. And, of course, Houston fans know who Connor Cook is. His one start in the NFL came for the then Oakland Raiders in a playoff game against the Houston Texans where – they were down to their third-string rookie quarterback who looked every bit of the third-string rookie quarterback he was, and the Raiders couldn't barely get 10 yards of offense. Texans, you know, stuck it to the, to the Raiders that game, and that's the, the only start Connor Cook ever had in the NFL. And, you know, they thought he was going to, you know, wind up being the starter on this XFL team. And P.J. Walker outplayed him all through training camp. P.J. Walker ran circles around him. Outthrew him. Outthought him. Outran him. And, you know, P.J. kind of became, you know, one of the faces of the XFL. He became a star. And, and that got him onto an NFL roster as the back of quarterback in Carolina. Now, he hasn't gone on to be an NFL star, but he's a guy who was out of the NFL who got back into the NFL because of the XFL. Five games. So hopefully that'll be, you know, how things wind up working for, you know, this group. Of roughnecks. And, and look, you, you heard uh, Andre Garad say this, and and Coach Wade mentioned this, uh, A, when he was uh, both on with John Lance and in the interview that I did with him uh, later on that day, is that, hey, you know, they know the last team was 5-0. and And because of that, they know, hey, they want to – they want to be able to kind of continue, you know, that, that undefeated legacy. They don't want to be the guys who come in, okay, you know, 
the other team was undefeated, but you know we're we're going to lose right away. They don't they don't want to be those guys. They definitely don't want to be those guys. So it it is important. It's not lost on them. The idea of hey this this franchise hasn't lost, and we want to continue that idea of this franchise hasn't lost. You know they were one of the most supported XFL teams. I think they were the most supported XFL teams in terms of uh, daily attendance. Uh, I think they were they were up there as, at number one uh, daily attendance for games was the, was the Roughnecks, and they're actually going to play the first three games of the season at home. So first three games of the year for the Roughnecks are going to be at TDCU, and this week's game happens to be on a. Saturday night, but they're not all Saturday night games. They're, the schedule kind of moves things around. Now, these games are all on ESPN. Uh, tomorrow night's game will be on ESPN. It'll be on FX, and it will also be on ESPN+. Plus. But there's, you know, there's a handful of, of different slots that your game can be in. So this week, they're playing Saturday night. Next week, week two, they're home. That is a Sunday night game at 6 o'clock against the Arlington Renegades. Their week three game is a Sunday night game at 7 o'clock at TDECU against the San Antonio Brahmas. Their week four game is Saturday night in Orlando. Week five is Thursday night. They've actually got Thursday night games. They'll play Thursday night at 8 o'clock in Seattle in week five. Then week six, they've got a Monday night game. So it's almost like they're trying to mimic, you know, the NFL schedule. Hey, we play football on Thursday. We play football on on Monday. And And then you've got another Saturday game. Another Sunday game, Saturday game, Sunday game. So they are trying to take advantage of, hey, there's no NFL. There's no college football. We're going to play Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. And and try to put football on TV four days a week. I'm not opposed to football being on four days a week. I don't care that you know some people might call it, quote, minor league football. What is the NCAA? Essentially, it's minor league football. Uh, the difference being that all of these guys have already played college, and they've probably, at the very least, gone through at least one NFL practice squad. Now, the overwhelming majority of guys in the XFL are guys who went undrafted. Although, uh, to give you an idea... The the Guardians, their quarterback's Paxton Lynch. He was once the 17th overall pick in the draft. You know, they there are some guys. Cody Latimer was a second-round pick of the Broncos and was on their Super Bowl 50 winning team. So you'll see there's some guys on the Roughnecks. Uh, former Texans linebacker Duke Edgefor is on the team. You'll see a few names that you know, guys who played in the NFL. 
But for the most part, a lot of these guys are younger guys who went undrafted, say, in the last three years and have gone through at least one practice squad. Some of them have gone through multiple practice squads. Some of them have gone through multiple teams, played NFL games, just, you know, they were undrafted guys who signed, played. Um, Eli Rogers was an undrafted guy who played a few years in Pittsburgh. He's actually on the Guardians. So you'll see some names that you recognize. Uh, You'll see a lot of guys' names that maybe you don't recognize, but you'll recognize they went to a big school. Right There's uh, guys who went to Washington State, guys who went to LSU, guys who went to Maryland. There, there's, got, there's, a, there's a lot of Power 5 schools all over the place. There, there's, some, there's some FCS schools rolled in there as well. But a lot of these guys played Division One Power 5 conference. So it's not uh, – this is not a who's who of – who the hell are these guys? It's not the AAF, if you remember uh, the AAF being a bunch of, who the hell are these guys? I mean, by week two, that league was unwatchable. So even the USFL, last, like their first year last year, was not as good quality of football as the XFL was for five weeks before COVID shut them down. And, you know, you look at the, the list of coaches that are in the XFL, and look, there's, there's plenty of guys that you know. Obviously, everybody knows who Wade Phillips is. You'll know who Bob Stoops is. You'll know who Jim Hazlitt is. You know who Mark Tressman is. You know who June Jones is. You know who Jim Zorn is. You know who Rod Woodson is. I mean, it's it's not like you're. Oh man, I, you know, I don't I don't know who any of these I don't know who any of these guys are. Yeah, you you know who they are. You know, they're, they're head coaches. Heinz uh, Ward's a head coach. Terrell Buckley's a head coach. Jim Hazlitt, uh, Anthony Beck, Reggie Barlow. There's a lot of former NFL players in this list. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with our buddy Chris Dell. From Bet Predators. He's got your props for the NBA All-Star Game. Nobody does props like Chris. He hits at a massive hit. So if you want to make a little bit of money, well, you want to listen to what Chris has to say next. ESPN 97.5. Please am I. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph, Get Physical Rx. And by Dr. Krista Reyes, Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. All right, joining us right now on the HRP guest line, he is the founder at Bet Predators, our buddy Chris Dell. What's going on, Chris? Patrick, my man, how's it going? Doing all right, brother. Man, it's, uh, it's Friday. You know what? Friday doesn't suck. I like Fridays. And, uh, you know, we got a little fun this weekend. You know, there's uh, XFL uh, starting up this weekend. And uh, I believe there is 
I want to say there's something going on uh, in in the NBA that people might be paying attention to. Something about a whole bunch of stars all getting together, playing in one spot. Uh, oh, yeah, it's All-Star Weekend. I mean, who would have thought? I was just watching some game as part of All-Star Weekend that involved some guy who was about five foot six and 340 pounds throwing the ball around, um, getting it stuck in between the rim. So uh, there's, there's always something. There's always some kind of fun in sports, and it's always more fun when you can package up sports and winning. Nobody does prop bets uh, better than my man Chris Dallin. He's got All-Star Game prop bets for your winning pleasures. Uh, my man, what are you uh, what are you looking at for uh, for All Star Weekend in the NBA? Yeah, you know, Patrick, it's funny because we finally get some time off, a couple of days off from the nightly grind of grinding player props, side totals for NBA, and we had a little bit of time off after the Super Bowl, but not much because basketball is almost an everyday thing, as you know. But I think that there's actually a lot of value if you want to win some money this weekend with the All Star Weekend starting Saturday night with the three point contest and the dunk contest. So let's start there, then we'll get into the All Star game on Sunday as well. Dunk contest, how about a guy named Mac McClung who was basically called up from the G League in order to participate in the dunk contest? There's only four people participating in the dunk contest. Mac McClung, if you didn't know who he was, well, I don't blame you for that. He actually broke Allen Iverson's scoring record at Georgetown. This guy has won numerous dunk contests in the past, including where Allen Iverson was a judge as well against Kevin Porter Jr., who's one of the best leapers in the NBA, young guy uh, out there. So, Mac McClung got a lot of steam in terms of becoming basically the favorite to win this thing, but I do think there's still value. I believe earlier today you could find him on FanDuel at plus 150. You could even bet him at DraftKings minus 200. you got to lay, lay a little bit of lumber there to actually just make the finals, just to finish in the top two out of four. This guy can put it between his legs. He's been uh, speaking to reporters, telling them he's got dunks that, that he doesn't think the NBA audience has even seen before. And with the lack of talent overall here, I really like Matt McClung to win the dunk contest and also to make the finals. Uh, three-point contest, let's talk about a guy who's already won multiple three-point. Uh, he's been in the finals multiple times. He's already won a three-point contest, and that's Buddy Heald out of Indiana, one of the best pure shooters in the league, the guy's an Ironman. Hardly missed any games in his NBA career so far. You can bet him plus 425 to win the three-point contest. Three uh, uh, Corner three-point shots are very important in the three-point contest. He has one of the highest corner three-point percentages in the NBA. You can also bet him to make the finals, just like the previous one I talked about, the dunk contest, at just minus 125 on the handle. Two more long shots. I, I do like Kevin Huerter at plus 550 as well. And I also bet Laurie Markin and plus 650, hometown favorite there for the Utah Jazz. Huerter is, is a catch and release, very quick shooter. I think his rhythm and pace could serve well. So I like those three guys in the three-point contest. Heald, the favorite, obviously, plus 425. But then Huerter and Markin, and I like that at them as well in terms of the top three. And that's why you need to make the finals just to make that top three, uh, top four in the three-point uh, contest as well. Man, I got to tell you, I, I haven't followed the dunk contest all that closely because I'm, I get frustrated when the dunk contest is a bunch of guys I've never heard of. This year, well, I know who Trey Murphy is. And I know who K.J. Martin is. Uh, I kind of know who Jericho Sims is. I had no idea who Matt McClung was. How are they the only four dudes in this thing? You know, you're talking to a kid who grew up in the late 90s watching Hoots, early 2000s, you know, Tracy McGrady, 
Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant back in the day, even Steve Francis in the dunk contest back in my day, man. It, the glory days are, are, are long gone, Patrick, but we've had some decent ones in, in recent years pop. And again, just go to YouTube and Google Mac McClung dunk contest, and you'll see exactly why this guy was seen to be the favorite in the last couple of days. I wish I would have got on it earlier before it got to plus 150, but honestly, anything in plus money, plus 105, plus 110 above even money, I think is value there. This kid can fly. Uh, uh, and it's, you know, he doesn't have to make an NBA roster this season. He doesn't have to score two points for the rest of the regular season in the NBA, but the kid can soar, he can dunk, and I think there's still good value on him. Talking about Sunday, Sunday night, though, you, you talk about narratives a lot on Sports Talk Radio, Patrick, as you know. This all-star game is going to be in Utah the entire weekend. Donovan Mitchell, homecoming return. He scored 40-plus points against the Jazz the last time they played each other, going back in his first return to Utah. And there's so many guys that might not play in this game. Giannis just hurt his hand Thursday night against the Bulls. I'd be very surprised if he participated in anything right now. Joel Embiid's been public in terms of him not being 100% with his knee. I don't think he gives it a full go. Jokic, Doncic, these guys, they've never been one to take all-star games very seriously. And there's also still a chance, uh, you know, Durant's out, obviously, but LeBron actually still might not play, as well as Steph Curry. So there's a lot of talent void Sunday night. Donovan Mitchell is a guy who scored 70-plus points already this season in a regular season game. Coming home to Utah, I think he should be one of the top three or four favorites to take home this award Sunday night. You can bet him at 14-1. to He's about eighth or ninth down the board, even behind a guy like Kyrie Irving. I really like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I think that's fantastic value. Anything 10-1 to or above to win All-Star Game MVP Sunday night. You almost feel like Donovan Mitchell is going, you know, going to Utah like, I'm going to show all of you. Like this, there's gonna be like the biggest chip on his shoulder going in there. Like oh, I'm gonna stick it to everybody. I'm gonna remind everybody just how good I am. And uh, yeah, the, the fact that he's 14 to one uh, with with that expected chip on his shoulder, and and all the guys not playing that you mentioned, I, I'm gonna have to hit that tonight. I'm gonna have to hit that tonight. That's I, I can't pass that one up. See, you, you've you've convinced me on that. You, you did the job. You sold it. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. You know, just talking about going forward after the All-Star break as well, I'll throw this in here again. We don't know the status of Giannis's hand right now, but I do want to say the Bucks are on a 10-plus game winning streak right now. They're rolling, even without Chris Middleton still in this in a loaded Eastern Conference, mind you, especially at the top. They're only one game in the loft column behind Boston. If they wind up overtaking the one seed without Chris Middleton and Giannis is okay with that game injury, I think it's fantastic value as well with him at plus 700 plus 800, somewhere in that range, to win regular season MVP. You know, it, it's not a done deal that Jokic is going to win regular season MVP. The Nuggets could be overtaken for the one seed in the West by teams uh, by a team like Memphis, for example. But even if he does, I, I think Giannis, the closer odds should be maybe Jokic even money. He's been steamed all the way to, like, minus 240. We've still got close to 25, 30 games left to play for each of these teams. I think Giannis is more than live to win regular season MVP. MVP, he should definitely be the second favorite ahead of Embiid. So if you could still bet that, maybe wait a little bit to see how the hand injury plays out this weekend and his participation level at the All-Star game. Uh, But I do think there's really good value on Giannis to an MVP at plus 750 right now. Chris Delbet, Predators with us on the HRMP guest line. Chris, I know you're a big golf guy, uh, and uh, I know you're you're big on, on golf wagering. Uh, what are your uh, what are your thoughts here on this Genesis Invitational? 
Yeah, we just had round two suspended sometime in the last hour here. Uh, some interesting moves at the top. I- I've got a couple tickets on guys like Matt Kuchar, Keith Mitchell, who showed really good statistical data after round one. And that's what we're looking at is our strokes game model basically takes into account how golfers are doing in their approach game off the tee around the green. That's an especially important metric here at the Genesis Invitational. So two guys, that, a couple guys actually, that really jumped out to me at the top of my model for round two, which is basically about 90, 95% done right now. Uh, Jason Day tied for 21st right now at three under par. We've still got two plus full rounds to play. This is a guy who's won big events on the PGA Tour. You can get him right now with 180 to one to win. Uh, another guy, Thomas Detry, who's showing really good in our model, 250 to one. He's sitting at tied for 12th right now, minus four. And then a couple of favorites, you know, not necessarily chalky, but Patrick Cantley's in sixth place right now. Uh, seven under par, 11 to one. I like the value on that, as well as Wells Alatoris. He's been banged up a little bit lately, but if he's coming into form right now, he's also won big events on tour. He's tied for ninth at five under par. You can get him right now at 45 five to one. There's a lot of golf left to play, so I would try to stay away from the guys that at the complete top of the leaderboard. And then, you know, in a similar vein, I told you I like Kutcher yesterday. You can still get him at 70 to one. Rory McElroy, probably the lowest I'll go in terms of the odds of the favorite. You can get him at nine to one right now. Sit that tie for seven at six hundred par. So that's a half dozen guys right there. I like them for head-to-head matchups in round three. I also like them for outright and DFS lineups if you get some action on golf for the weekend. Christelle Bet Predators with us on the HRNP guest line. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Mad Journalist. That's Mad with two D's. M A D D Journalist. Uh, and of course, you check out uh, bettingpredators.com, and you can get uh, lots of great, lots of great betting insights from him uh, and a bunch of guys on his staff. Chris, man, always love the stuff that you bring. Always bring fire and energy, and lots of great stuff. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure, Patrick. Have a good weekend, man. Hi, Chris Delbet, Predators, with us on the HRMP guest line. Hey, Josh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't do the giveaway, and I just realized I'm like, crap, I didn't. I didn't do the giveaway. I said I was going to do it uh, at like 8.12, and then we didn't do it. So uh, we're going to do it at 8.31. So we're going to come back, and we're going to do it. So we're about 8.31. Uh, we're going to do the giveaway uh, for the Roughnecks. So you want to get a four-pack for the Roughnecks. Get ready to be by your phones. We're going to get to that next. This is Heisman's Trophy winner and College Hall of Fame, Billy Sims, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph. Get Physical Rx and by Dr. Krista Reyes, Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. I shout out to our man Cecil, who won the first four-pack of tickets for the Roughnecks season opener tomorrow night at TDCU at 7.30. You want to go? You want a four-pack of tickets? Call number three. 713-780-3776, 713-780-ESPN, caller number three. Get a four-pack of tickets to go see the Houston Roughnecks and the Orlando Guardians tomorrow night at 730 at TDECU Stadium. 
I can tell you who's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be there, man. We're uh, we're covering. Uh, I'm covering the uh, the Roughnecks uh, for Gallery Sports, same as I covered the Texans for Gallery Sports. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a Roughnecks for Gallery. So I don't know how many outlets are going to give you any kind of of actual coverage on uh, the Roughnecks, but you'll get them from us, Gallery. We're uh, we're on that, man. We're on that. It'll be fun. You know, like I said, this team was 5-0. They were pretty good. Uh, they had good fan support. TDECU is a good place to watch a game. And, you know, I mean, it's it's nice that generally, even in the spring, at night, the weather here is pretty good. You know, if, if February is the teeth of the winter up north, and when they have snow and wind and ice, uh, and it's cold AF in, in New York. I'm wearing a T-shirt and shorts down here, and at 70, I'm taking pictures and sending it to all my family. I'm like, so uh, how you liking that cold? As I'm outside on my grill in a T-shirt and shorts with double rods up like, seconds. Yeah, first, very first thing that, that I, like, the first time I flew down here, it was the middle of February, and it was 17 degrees in New York, and it felt like it was five. We had two feet of snow on the ground. We had 50-mile-an-hour winds. And I'm wearing hat, gloves, scarf, huge winter jacket, jeans, boots. We landed IAH at 79. People are looking at me like I am mentally damaged or that I'm dealing drugs, one or the other. I get outside, there's palm trees. When you're in when you grow up in New York, palm trees are only at vacation destinations. There are palm trees. You gotta go somewhere to see palm trees. We have them in the freaking airport. Yeah. I seventy nine degrees in the middle of the winter. I was kinda half sold like right then and there and I hadn't even gotten out of the airport yet. I was I was pretty good. Um, I got to tell you, one of the biggest uh, reasons why no one in my immediate family wants anything to do with moving back to New York, winter sucks. Winter sucks. Being cold sucks. And, and everybody up north, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's so hot down there. Oh, I can't deal with the heat. Shut up. I go from my air-conditioned house to my air-conditioned car to my air-conditioned job back to my air-conditioned car back to my air-conditioned house. I'm 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 not one of those guys out in the street shoveling pavement. Those guys are animals. You're out there working in 100 degree heat with hot pavement. Whatever those guys make, it's not enough. Yeah, those guys, they have to deal with heat. I'm sorry. My soft ass don't have to deal with none of that. That That is the joy of being, quote, white collar. I don't have to do any, quote, real work. I go from sitting on my ass at home to sitting my ass in this studio. I am very blessed to be able to do that. Every day I am thankful that I get to do this for a living instead of, you know, real work. So... So yeah, I, I have, 
I have no desire to uh, deal with snow ever again. I saw uh, some pictures that I had posted, you know how uh, Facebook gives you your flashback or on this day, whatever. And two years ago, Houston snowpocalypse, because we got a dusting. We had, like, not even a quarter inch. We had enough to cover, to like, just cover the ground. Like, may, maybe a quarter inch of snow. First time it ever really snowed. First time my dog, who's now seven years old, first time my dog ever saw snow, walked outside, took two steps, and nope, came right back in. Not dealing with this. Not today. And even my kids were like, oh, it snowed, it snowed. They went outside like, eh, this isn't snow. If you don't have to dig it, it's not snow. If there's no snow plow that comes and puts all the snow back where you just dug out from, eh, it's not snow. Yeah, I can see John Granato with, uh, you know, Coors Light in one hand, golf club in the other. Eh, snow, so what? Golf. <laughs> that that could absolutely, that could absolutely happen. That, that got to be real. So uh, earlier today, Chandler Rome from the Chronicle covers the Astros. He was on the wheelhouse, and he's out at spring training. And uh, they got they got a couple of uh, they got plenty of interesting stuff from Chandler talking about what's going on with the Astros. Uh, here's Chandler talking about what's going on with Kyle Tucker. Some of the stuff he said about Kyle Tucker was was interesting. Uh, I'd love to get Kyle Tucker's perspective on the whole thing because as of now, we have one side of the story and. I don't know if you guys have been following kind of around the league. You know, you saw Corbin Burns yesterday had a lot to say after he lost his arbitration case. Ryan Helsley today of the Cardinals lost his arbitration case, had a good bit to say as well. I would love to get Kyle Tucker's thoughts on kind of how that went and kind of how that affects, if at all, his relationship with the team moving forward. You know, Corbin Burns, I think, filed at 10-7-5, and the team filed like 10-0-1, and the team won. And one of the things about the Astros is under Jeff Luno, they became what you may know as a file and trial team that you file your arbitration number and then you never say a word to the player again. And then you go to your arbitration hearing and whatever happens, happens. And it's something that Evan Drella covers in his book because, uh, Major League Baseball's uh, labor research development team actually advised the Astros that's how to handle arbitration, trial and file. If they if they won't if they won't you know capitulate to your number, file the number, let an arbitrator deal with it because you're fifty fifty. And it's kind of a lousy way to do business, but it, it kind of goes back to baseball's overall mentality of push the players around, push the players around, push the players around. And you wind up putting yourself in these situations where you're going in front of an arbiter, telling a player 
that you spend six to seven months of the year saying how great they are, but you go in front of the arbiter, yeah, well, you know, he sucks at this and he sucks at that and he's really not very good here. Players take this with personal. You go in before, before the arbitrator and tell me I suck and that, no, I don't deserve to get paid. Like, And then tomorrow you're going to say, what a great player I am as I get ready you know, through spring training. That's the messed up part of arbitration and the whole idea of just trial and foul. We're not going to talk to you. And there's a lot of teams that do that. There's a lot of small market teams that do that, mainly because they don't want to pay. Small market teams don't want to pay because they know they're more profitable with a lower payroll. They, they get rich with a lower payroll. But, you know, for a guy like Corbin Burns or even a guy like Kyle Tucker, you, you put that idea in their head of, look, the team's going to get me, the team's going to get me, the team's going to get me. Well, when I get my chance, if they think they're getting a hometown discount, they're on freaking drugs. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, part of the reason why George Springer wasn't taking a team-friendly deal, right? They they held him down on service time, and then they down-talked him on arbitration. Yeah, why, why was he uh, ever going to take a, a discount deal? He finally got to the chance to make that life-altering generational money. Why is he going to pass that up? Because of the Astros. And and these are, are things that, you know, look, that's how it was under Jeff Luno, and it's kind of how it stayed uh, under James Click. And we'll see how this actually goes uh, with, with Dana Brown. And, uh, we'll hear more uh, from Chandler Rome coming up next. He's got uh, some stuff here on, on Dana Brown and, uh, you know, is he different than than the last two general managers? Well, we'll find out next. My name is Bob Lee, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. You are listening to Late Hits on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Presented by Dr. Jennifer Joseph. Get Physical Rx. And by Dr. Krista Reyes. Texas Sinus and Snoring Audiology. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Patrick Creighton. Hey, Josh, who's our uh, second ticket winner? Her name is Alyssa Conroy. All right, Alyssa. Got a four-pack. And uh, apparently, Alyssa is uh, dating our friend T-Mac on the Twitch channel. So they're going to the game tomorrow night. Have fun. Have a good time. Enjoy it. It's good. It's good. I was I was a bit good. confused because when I when I um answered the phone call, I could have sworn I heard two voices at first. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, now it makes sense. Honey, honey, call. Hurry, hurry. Call, call, call now. Call now. Did we win? Yes! Yes! And they get to talk trash on all your friends. Yeah, that's how that goes. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be a good time. Now, um, Chandler Ohm, who was on with uh, the wheelhouse earlier today, well, he uh, talking about Dana Brown, saying, look, Dana's, look, he's not James Click, and he's not uh, Jeff Luno, but maybe... 
we got to let him grow into the job a little bit. You know, Dana Brown is um, he's certainly cut from a different cloth than his two predecessors. Um, seems to have such a more vibrant personality, uh, a lot more just kind of, you know, effervescent and uh, just a lot. I mean, he, he feels like he wants to talk to you. It feels like he wants to kind of reveal what's going on. And he kind of, you know, it, it's a godsend for me. And it's a godsend for us to cover the team. But uh, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on some of the stuff you heard, but I think all in all, um, you know, he's had three press conferences now, and I think two of them have been very, very, uh, very, very appealing and very, very satisfying for fans. Now, look, we've heard Dana say that, you know, getting uh, getting deals done with these young guys is a priority. So they've gotten a few done. You're not going to be able to get all of them done. You know, some guys like, no, you know what, I'm going to take my chances in free agency and I'm going to go get paid. So, uh, you know, Chandler talked about, you know, Tucker and Fromber, their extensions, not necessarily going to be as easy as doing the extension for somebody like Christian Javier. You know, I think there's always a chance, but I will say this. I think it's going to be a lot harder to extend either of those guys than it was to extend Christian Javier, just given, you know, the track record, the longer track records of success both Fromber and Tucker have had. Um, the seasons that they had last year, the accolades they had, both made the all-star team. Tucker won the gold glove. Fromber won the all-star game. You know, had a 26 straight quality start, started the game, started the World Series clincher. Um, it's going to take more years. It's going to take more money. Um, it, it's not going to be as easy as they did with Javier, but I mean, there's always a chance. I don't, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be as simple as the hobby as they made the Javier extension look. You know, and look, Javier's extension seemed easy. Jordan's extension seemed easy. Look, Jordan, you know, could Jordan have, have waited and hit free agency and made a gazillion dollars? Maybe. But Jordan also has family that's not in this country that he's trying to get in this country. The World Series was the first time his family actually saw him play with the Astros live. So everybody's got a different scenario. Uh, and in a different situation of, you know, do I need to take a team-friendly deal early or not? You know, Kyle Tucker doesn't need necessarily to take that deal. And Rome seems to think that Kyle Tucker's next deal might rival that of Rafael Devers, who we saw the Red Sox ham and haw and, and, and walk around the bush 57 times. So they finally decided, hey, you know, we, we got we to pay uh, Rafael Devers. And the reality is that's the kind of money that the Astros haven't wanted to pay anybody. You know, it's an easy comp to make. They play different positions. But, I mean, go look at Rafael Devers, what he did at, a, at third base, um, what he did at the plate, um, the kind of extension he got from the Red Sox. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the, that comp isn't a perfect one. But, you know, when you start talking about a guy like Tucker, you look at that, and that was, uh, I think, 11 for 311 or 11 for 313. You know, that's probably what you're looking at. And, you know, the, Jim Crane has shown zero proof that he's willing to do anything uh, to that level. Man, they better hope Pedro Leon is ready to go by next year. If, if they don't want to... Pay Kyle Tucker. You know, because Kyle Tucker's the kind of guy that you could have in, in right field for a decade plus. So they better hope that they've got enough guys coming up. You know, Drew Gilbert's still young. I don't, 
and he was only an A ball last year. I don't think he's going to be ready in a year. Uh, but you know, Pedro Lones, a, a guy that you know they thought would have been a, a top five pick if he were in the draft as opposed to being an international player. So it's it's time for him. And look, he's shown power. He's shown speed. He has shown to be a very good defender in center field. His contact tool has been a little low. He strikes out a lot. Now he walks a lot, but he also strikes out a lot. He's got to show he can make better contact, have a little better pitch recognition. Uh, it's not waving at pitches outside the zone so much with Pedro Lone. It's missing pitches inside the zone. He's just missing them. You know, he, he draws a ton of walks. He's not expanding the zone per se. He's just not catching up to the balls that are that are in the zone. So there's a hit tool issue that they need to to work on with him. Now, another thing Chandler touched on is, you know, when you've got two prominent players who are both going to be coming up for contracts in the next couple of years, do you sign them both? Do you sign one? Do you sign none? Because it's it's Jose Altuve and it's Alex Bregman. Do you have to choose? Because if you do, Rome thinks it's an easy choice. One of them has gone on record saying he wants to, and that's Jose Altuve. He did that last. Uh, he did that this past October in the playoffs. He was asked, "Do you want to finish your career here?" And he said, "Absolutely." So I'd probably have to go with him. Um, you know, he is—he's the face of the franchise. He's—he kind of does feel like the one guy that you just can't let get away. You just can't let that guy. What do you mean to this team? You know, what do you mean to the city, the franchise, kind of where he's come? I mean, endured the 100 lost seasons. So where he's at, at now, he, I mean, this is the only place he's ever known. Um, I, I do feel like he would be the one guy that, that would kind of fit that mold more than And I'm not saying Bregman doesn't fit that mold, but, you know, that's something that he has never declared publicly. I'm not saying he doesn't want to, but he's, he's never been as forthright about it as El Tube has. Look, we're going to learn about the Astros. I mean, look, they're very good at player development. Uh, can they, you know, be better with, with drafting? And, I mean, look, they didn't have a first or second round pick for two years, so that kind of hurt. But at some point, you can't keep losing all-world players and continue to replace every single one of them from your minor leagues. I think, oh, well, we don't really have to go big into free agency and we don't have to give up big contracts. We'll just let guys go, uh, get the comp picks, and, and move along. Uh you know, look at all the guys they've let go. You're going to add Alex Bregman to that list. Uh, you're going to add Kyle Tucker to that list. At some point, attrition gets you. I think they've been very fortunate that they've been able to replace guys as well as they have. That doesn't last forever. Now, uh, the catcher battle is probably the only real positional battle uh, in spring training. Uh, here's Chandler Rome talking about uh, the, that spring catcher battle. The obvious one is backup catcher. Who's going to back up Martin Maldonado? Will it be Jiner Diaz? Will it be um, Corey Lee? I think, and I wrote this earlier, I think there's a situation where if Mike, if Michael Brantley's not ready for opening day, I think there's a situation where they could carry both of those guys on the opening day roster. That's only if Michael Brantley's uh, not ready because Jiner Diaz can also play some first base. He can DH. They can move. But he's more versatile than Corey Lee, and I think they'd want to get his bat at least on the roster for while Michael Brantley is out. That uh, makes sense because, again, he, he was rated by Baseball America as the Astros' best pro- prospect for both batting average and for power. Uh, this was the last one from that interview earlier today, and it's Chandler Rome on Chasta McCormick and Jake Myers. And apparently uh, Chandler doesn't think McCormick has the job locked up. 
You know, Dusty Baker today kind of revealed something that I had hinted at before spring training is that center field's not settled. Um, you know, he made it clear that, you know, while Chaz McCormick played well toward the end of the season, this is a competition. They want to come in, they want Jake Myers to come to camp and see if he's kind of fully recovered and put last year behind him and if he can challenge Chaz McCormick for a spot. And um, that's something that, you know, is not really a surprise, you know, for as well as Chaz played in the playoffs, he's not hasn't established himself to the point where you can anoint him a starter, an everyday guy. And you know, for a while, Dusty has not been the biggest fan of McCormick's. Um, I'm not really sure why, uh, but but just that he hasn't. He's been resistant to play him every day, and that's to the point last year where he really had no choice. So if Jake Myers comes in. Camp and he's got a clear head and his shoulders better and he goes out there and does what they think he can do. I think that turns into a competition. I'll tell you what, unless Jake Myers absolutely tears the damn cover off the ball, and I mean annihilating baseballs, we need to see the Jake Myers uh, from Sugarland in 2021. We need to see that guy before I'm taking Chaz out of center field more than twice a week. Chaz has has shown he has played well. He has proven he can handle the position offensively, defensively. He has made clutch plays. He made one of the all-time greatest catches in postseason history. I like Jake Myers' potential. Uh, The day he got called up, the deadline... Uh, two years ago, this is a guy who could wind up being your starting center fielder. He's got the right tools. He hasn't proven it over a consistent basis at the major league level. He's got to earn it. Chaz has to not give it up. That means, you know, don't play really poorly. But if Jake's going to overtake Chaz, he has to outplay him by a wide margin. Not, oh, well, Chaz hit 250 and Jake hit 266. So, you know, we're going to play Jake four days a week. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, there is something that you owe to Chaz McCormick for what he's done and what he projects to do before you hand the reins to somebody else who hasn't shown it at the major league level. It's going to do it for us for tonight. Appreciate Andre Gerard, Chris Dell, Josh Evans, our callers, texters, tweeters, and twitchers. Enjoy the Roughneck game tomorrow night. I'll be out there at TDCU Stadium. Have a great weekend. It's time. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real. Let's go. Fun. Sports.